Good afternoon. Welcome to the Business Buzz. This is your host, Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I've got a great guest to talk with today, and we're going to talk all a lot about the interesting Chico business that can actually be fun for you and your family and uh, your relatives. It's going to be real entertaining. So today I wanted to start out, uh, I'm Harold Littlejohn, a CPA, been 27 years at the same location. Anything you need financially, I'm a great second opinion. I can help you with your taxes, your bookkeeping. I can advise your business for anything you need. I'm a great person to talk to. There's a lot of good CPAs in Chico. I'm one of them, and I would love to hear from you. Uh, you can call me at 895-3353 or just drop by 1208 Mangrove and visit me sometime. I'd be happy to get to know you and try to give you some help. So today, I'm not going to be too negative, but I have brought up in the past the fact that the Sears store at the Chico Mall may be leaving at the end of their lease, and that didn't sound good. I brought that up a few weeks ago, but I have a bit of a follow-up on that. A week ago, I have an article called Retail Apocalypse Continues, Sears Reaching End Stage with Latest Report. And the bottom line is their second quarter lost $2.34 per share. Uh, but their revenue tumbled from $5.6 billion to $4.3 billion from a year before. So it's way down from the prior year. The reason I bring this up is that if you are someone like me who used to go to Sears and enjoy the good Kenmore products and Craftsman and all that, there's a good chance that Sears isn't going to be around that much longer. The real sad part is same-store sales plunged 11.5%, and that was made up of 9.4% for Kmart, which is part of Sears, but 13% at Sears stores. So it's not just the sales from the fact that they're closing stores that means the sales are down. The real key to a retailer's numbers is same-store sales, and that fell 13%. So that's really terrible news for Sears. So I don't think they're coming back. Uh, this article goes on to also show a stock chart of the last 10 years of Sears stock prices, and it doesn't look good. <laughs> it looks like a flatlining guy at the hospital. <laughs> And I don't see any upticks. So anyway, now on a on a positive note, a retail store. I got this out of the Chico News and Reviews website. It's an article called "Spiritual Outfitter," and I thought this was positive because it's a small business in Chico that started as an online business in February called the Enchanted Forest. And they have opened up a brick-and-mortar shop at, according to this article, 220 West 6th Street. And it's called the Enchanted Forest, I believe. Uh, I haven't had a chance to get there yet. I just saw this article that was published today. And I thought I'd share that because, the, you know, we're talking about Chico. We're talking about small business. And this is a small business that has done online first, but now they found that they want to go brick and mortar. And the little interview with this article, it's in the Chico News and Review, the online at least, so you should look that up if you want to look at a few more details. But I thought that was good news because that's another positive for downtown Chico. I always feel that Chico as a business place, a place to do business, is blessed with having a really nice downtown and a lot of towns, as you've noticed probably, the downtowns are disappearing or blowing away and they don't have anything going on. But Chico is lucky with the school and the university and all the restaurants to have a real nice downtown. So anytime a new retail business can open up downtown, I feel that's a positive. That's one less storefront that would sit empty. It's also one less storefront that would eventually turn into a restaurant slash bar which seems to be the main impetus of new businesses in Chico. So I wanted to mention that. 
congratulations to people who have started a brick-and-mortar store in Chico. I hope they do well, and uh, that's a good thing for Chico business. Speaking of business, we, as I like to do, we start local, and now we'll expand out a little bit more to the bigger picture. How about Wells Fargo Bank? I've heard that if you get a call from some scammer and they say Wells Fargo and they want you to like talk about your ID number or your account numbers, I've heard that the reason the scammers say Wells Fargo is because if you look at bank accounts plus mortgages plus all the things that Wells Fargo's involved in, most people have some sort of connection to Wells Fargo. So if you receive a phone call and says, oh, this is so-and-so from Wells Fargo, you won't immediately hang up on them as a fake call. You'll say, oh, maybe this is a genuine call. And the reason I point that out is that Wells Fargo has now been caught, I should say, where they originally a year ago sort of confessed to having opened 2.1 million unauthorized accounts under clients' names without their knowledge. This latest article came out about a week ago, and it's now determined that it's 3.5 million unauthorized accounts that Wells Fargo opened. Now, the reason that struck me that way was, okay, I'm a businessman in California. Wells Fargo is a giant bank, and I'm sure they have branches all over the country, but I'm just going to talk about California because it's something I was able to look up. I'm a businessman in California. What if, and I have lots of files. I got a lot of clients. What if I was to open accounts unauthorized for my clients? I wonder what would happen to me. So I looked it up. And what I found was California's, it's called the false personation law. When you pose as another person in order to secure a benefit for yourself, and or to harm the other individual. This is a clear violation of California's identity theft law. And common examples, this is just a little article I brought up, using a credit card, blah, blah, blah. So I'm thinking, well, I've got hundreds of files in my office. If I opened accounts for people that I have the information on unauthorized, I bet I could get into a lot of trouble. So I looked up what the California Penal Code says about the personation law. And it turns out that the personation law is what's called a wobbler. And a wobbler means it could be either a misdemeanor or a felony, depending on how they end up charging you. But the interesting thing about the penalty is whether it's a misdemeanor or a felony, it can be punishable by up to $10,000 fine for that crime. If it's a misdemeanor, it could be $10,000 or one year in the county jail. If it's prosecuted as a felony, it also can be $10,000 or up to three years in the state prison. That's that's the difference between a felony and a misdemeanor is the amount of time you can get. So being a CPA and an accountant, I just had to do the math. What if Wells Fargo was fined $10,000 for each unauthorized account that they opened? Well, 3.5 million accounts times $10,000 would be $35 billion of fines. But the one I really liked was... What if Wells Fargo got three years for each count? That would be 10 and a half million years in the state prison. <laughs> My point to all this is, how come banks never get in trouble? I guess that's my main focus on this discussion. Why would a giant bank not get prosecuted? Why can they just pay some fines and walk away when you and I couldn't do that. So this is just another example of the way our economy and our country has gone 
these large corporations are humongous, and I think they're actually running everything. So when a bank like Wells Fargo does bad things like that, there should be more of a penalty than just merely them paying some fines to the Justice Department. And I'm not sure what the actual details are right now in this whole case. Uh, there might be where they're going to rebate fees to existing customers. I really don't know. But I think it's pretty shocking that a large corporation like that could get away with the things that they do. And these are just the things that we know about. We don't know about everything they do, so that's just my little rant today. And I just wanted to share the fact that if I was to impersonate someone that I had the ID and address of, I could get in big trouble, but it doesn't seem like Wells Fargo does. Maybe they will. I'll, I'll let that play out, and I'll try to keep you posted and follow-ups also if I can find out what's actually going to happen regarding all those fake accounts. But I thought that was kind of interesting. Three and a half million, that's, a, that's quite a large number. So before the first break today, I've got a guest in-house. His name is Kevin Harris. He's the manager of the Chico Racquet Club and Resort here in Chico. How you doing today, Kevin? Hey, great. Thanks for coming. So one thing I noticed, I talked to a lot of my clients because my son spent a lot of time at the racket club growing up playing tennis. And there's still some people in Chico that aren't really aware of how much goes on at the racket club. That's one of the reasons why I wanted you to come on the air today and talk about that. So how long has the racket club actually been in existence? It was built in 1974 um so it's been around over 40 years um originally they built the clubhouse at the front of the property with um eight tennis courts and then i think it was sometime in the 80s they built four more tennis courts a new clubhouse um, a cafe with a bar and a restaurant type setting upstairs um, a sand volleyball court um pool, a hot tub, and uh, three racquetball courts. Wow. That was built like in the 80s, and then um, and we've, we've added a few more things since then. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's a big place, and, um, you know, we have more than uh, just tennis, but uh, tennis is like the main thing right, there. the main sport is tennis. Yeah. And uh -huh. you're located on Manzanita, kind of near the Elks Lodge area? Yeah, we're just a few doors down from the Elks Lodge. Um, it's uh, 1629 Manzanita Ave., and, uh, yeah, it's just, just right near the Elks Lodge. Right. So. And for those who don't know, there's tennis going on pretty much every day that <coughs> it isn't raining. Yeah. The, there's always tennis available. And you also do a lot of lessons and youth tennis. I mean, there's lots of activities going on for, for all ages. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, for the adults, um, we do in-house leagues. So we have uh, a men's league on Tuesday night and a women's league on Wednesday night. And then we do uh, cardio tennis. It's a class, um, and it's a real just a lot of movement, a lot of point play. Right. And we do that um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night at 6 p.m., and then also Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday at 9 a.m., Oh, so morning. Um, so no matter what somebody's schedule is, yeah, they, they should can get in on that. Now the cardio tennis, that doesn't require a high level of tennis skill. No, it's, it's um, an exercise type idea. Is that right? Right. It's like a lot of games and point play. But our um, pro uh, Jake does a great job. Jake Hall. Um, he plays these games that are uh, kind of equalizing for levels. So like they really equal out the levels. So you can have one good player and one not kind of beginner and it'll all even out right so so even the beginners can <clears throat> enjoy the cardio yeah exercise and and then they do they play some music with those sometimes or yeah we have a big speaker out there and we yeah. play music during the cardio tennis and during the junior classes and um, wow yeah that sounds like fun mm -hmm. yeah. so the current ownership how long has the current owner been running the racket club uh so that's my mom, uh, Janet Balbutin. She she bought it in uh, 96. 1996, yeah, so, so over 20 years. Yeah. Wow. And so the, the pool and the spa, 
was that land part of the original Racket Club, or did you have to acquire the additional land? Did they acquire additional land? No, it was part of the original, uh, from what I understand. They just and just they just developed empty. it. They developed right. it later, right? Yeah. So you have twelve tennis courts. Twelve tennis courts. Um, it's on sits on six acres. Um, wow. Yeah. Okay, we're going to talk about all the things that are available at the Chico Racket Club, and we'll be right back. So stay tuned. Which is worse in terms of pressure? Giving in to a temptation or resisting it? Oh, it's a lot easier to give in. But you resist the temptation and you know what a struggle is. You're fighting it all away. David Hawking has more on the example you and I have in our Lord Jesus to withstand life's temptations. It's coming up this week on Hope for Today. Join us. Tune in for Hope for Today weekdays at 8 a.m. here on KKXX. My name is Ruth Rusi, and this is how I live United. I read to children as part of United Way's education program. It helps them create links between language and literacy and prepares them for a better academic future. I figure I have the time and they have the need. My name is Ruth Rusi. I help kids prepare to succeed in school. So I don't just wear the shirt, I live it. Give, advocate, volunteer, live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Astronaut Bob McGrath here. There's been a lot of talk about water found on Mars. Why would you go all the way to Mars for water when we have the best tasting water at Mount Shasta? It comes from our protected springs and is delivered right to your door. Great planning, Bob. Hey, where are you going with that? Those Martians are stealing my water. Guess we have some new customers. And anyone can get Mount Shasta spring water if they call us at 1-800-922-6227. Pure and simple, naturally the best Mount Shasta spring water. Business Buzz. I'm Bill Littlejohn, CPA. I'm talking with Kevin Harris today. And Kevin has a great Chico history. Kevin, were you born in Chico? Born and raised in Chico. Yeah. All right. So now you, uh, your mom bought the Racket Club in the 90s. 96. 96. But before yeah. that, you were already a member. How early did your mom get your membership? Yeah, she, she's been a member for long long time maybe one of the original ones and then um she told me she got me a membership before i was born (laughs) (laughs) just to be ready (laughs) right so so basically kevin has been in the tennis scene locally pretty much your whole life yeah i've been i grew up at the racket club right i was out there every day as a kid you know playing tennis and swimming and um it was a lot of fun kind of growing up there Right, and you're, and the other thing about the racket club, it's it's within walking distance of Pleasant Valley High. Yeah, we have a lot of kids uh, just walk over after school, and they, you know, they participate in our junior right. programs and all that, or they just some of them just come and hang out and eat in the cafe. Now you went to Pleasant Valley, is that right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So you played on the high school tennis team, right? Right, right. And yeah. so, did you were you a top team back then? Because PV dominated there for a while. Yeah, we had a good team, and uh, I remember my partner and I, uh, Greg Ford, we won the sectional doubles title, and uh, Orville Hughes was our coach, and so we had a lot of fun on that team. It was a good team. Oh, yeah, Orville Hughes. He's also a loan broker. Anybody needs a good uh, loan, look up Orville Hughes and call him for your home loan. Yeah. So you then went on to play some college-level tennis after you graduated from PV High. Yeah, I played for uh, Foothill College uh, in the Bay Area, um, and it's a it's a good school. Um, they uh, they recruit like internationally, and probably their best player to come out come through there was uh, Brad Gilbert. He played for them. Oh yeah, Brad. Every, yeah, he's pretty famous. Yeah, he's also a big tennis coach, doesn't he? Coach. He coaches, people? and he does a lot of uh, TV announcing now too. Oh yeah, he's, um, didn't he? Wouldn't didn't he help like John McEnroe or something? He might have. Uh, yeah. I mean, he, he's he helped, helped some famous Agassi. He helped Agassi for a while. Right. Yeah. Wow. So so at the Racket Club, I know my son, you know Max. Yeah. He, he spent a lot of time after school with a lot of programs. 
and I'm happy to hear that those are still ongoing and I think they're even more numerous than they used to be. So one of the things that happens to me is I talk to my clients who have children and some of them just aren't really aware of what's out at the racket club and so I try to kind of educate them and get them to go check it out. So why don't you tell tell the audience you have things almost daily for the for the kids in all different levels in the tennis department right now going on? Yeah, we have um after school programs, we have three different levels basically. Uh we have the the travel team which uh meets Monday through Friday. Um and they're uh that's more like the high school age and like some ranked players and it's a really strong team. And you call it the travel team because they end up traveling to other tennis clubs? Yeah, they especially uh, during the summer we try and play a lot of matches against other clubs and then we also have um some USTA junior teams. So we, I think this year we had a boys 18s team and a girls 18s team and I think a girls 16s I want to say. And so they go and play against other yeah. clubs. Uh-huh. As USTA teams. Right. Yeah, and right. for people who don't know, USTA is United States Tennis Association. And if you want to be, you know, any serious tennis player <clears throat> ends up joining the USTA because yes. they've got all the yeah. sanctioned tournaments and leagues. And uh, yeah, that's interesting. But the thing is, is that l tell us about a family. Let's say a family has a couple of children and one of them's. 12 and one of them's eight and they want to look for a place like maybe a fitness club membership but they want more than just a workout room what can the whole family get by joining the chico racket club yeah so well those for the kids those ages we have the two younger programs besides the travel team uh below the travel team we have the rising stars group which is kind of some high school, some middle school, um, and even younger kids. And um, they're kind of kids working their way into the travel team, so that might be good for the 12-year-old. Right. And then uh, for the 8-year-old, we have the, the Futures group, which is kind of the youngest group. And they're kind of just starting out, and they're real young. Uh, they go younger than 8. And so, you know, they could do the after-school programs. Um, and then, you know, for the whole family, it's just uh, we, ha we do have a workout room, you know, where we have all the – Stuff right, you have, have a gym also. Yeah, we have. So you, you cover all the bases yeah. when the family gets that membership. Right. Right. And it's just um, the whole atmosphere of the club is real relaxed and laid back. Um, you know, people just come and hang out there, like, for hours and hours. Um, we have the, the cafe upstairs where we have uh, food. We have, um, you know, like hamburgers and hot dogs and that kind of stuff and beer and wine and so uh, people right. just come in. It's a place to be socially and a real nice swimming pool yeah. and a hot tub. Uh-huh. Yeah. That anytime the club's open, the pool's available. Right. 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 Yeah. Wow. So it's really an all. There really isn't anything else in Chico that has that. I mean, if you look at the big, like, in motion fitness, it's the big fitness club with swimming pools, but it doesn't offer tennis. Oh, and the other sport you're very involved in out there is the volleyball world right now yeah we uh we always had a, the one sand volleyball court uh, and we just built another one um a couple years ago and so yeah we have a whole uh sand volleyball program now um jj mitchell is the coach he also coaches at pv and he does a great job um we have uh kind of like the tennis program there's like three different levels for after school stuff um and uh, it's it's a girls program, so like it's mostly like middle school and high school girls. And he comes and does clinics with them. And, and also during the summer, we, they run a lot of uh, tournaments too. So now, sand volleyball <coughs> became a part of the Olympics, I believe, in the last the last Olympics, or yeah, maybe two Olympics so. back. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, and so also, it's actually it's, a uh, sanctioned sport now. Yeah, also it's uh, um, being offered as a college scholarship now. The teams are, you know, have sand volleyball teams and they're giving scholarships to kids. And uh, actually JJ's daughter, Lily Justine, um, plays for the UCLA sand volleyball team. Oh. And she, so came, that, she came through our program. So. so that's another avenue for parents who are looking for chances for their children to get athletic scholarships. Yeah. Sand volleyball is counting now. That, and uh, I would also say, 
you know, even if you're looking to play indoor college volleyball or whatever, um, kids that play sand and learn how to play sand, when they go back and play indoor, it's way easier. <laughs> because their feet aren't sticking in the sand on the yeah. on the wood floor. Yeah. The wow. kids that come and do our program, they usually excel in the indoor because it's just like it, they're like so much moves so much easier after they played out in the sand out there. Wow. So it could be a good way to get a indoor scholarship also. Now, is sand volleyball set for a certain number of players per team, or can it vary? Uh, yeah, it's two-man. It's a two-man sport. Yeah. Right? Right. yeah. So anytime you're playing sand volleyball, you're probably going to be playing two. Two-man uh, for sand and usually grass, and then indoor is usually six-man. Right. Uh. So would most people, by the time they're trying to play maybe serious sand volleyball for college, would they have a set partner all the time, or would they – vary their partners when they play i think uh well they go around and play tournaments there's these different tournaments and that's how they, they, they stay get, as they a get team noticed when and they, they join they a lot of them stay as a team but i think they you know also switch it up okay yeah i was just wondering because it's yeah. being kind of a new sport right yeah, yeah. now one thing i noticed uh, i was out playing at a different location a while back and i noticed one court at this place out of town had a pickleball set up. Yeah. Has <laughs> the Chico Racket Club it's gone there? <laughs> not yet. Uh, it's something, you know, it's a possibility. I know it's... it's depending um, on the demand and... Uh, yeah, I know it's gotten real popular at uh, 20th Street Park. Um, they ha I think they put in several courts there and um, a lot of people playing out there. So Now, is the, is the idea of pickleball to for people that are getting older to run a little less? Is that why... I think they that's, want to play pickleball. That's a big part of it. Yeah, you have that to cover less guess. court. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had never seen it before. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So I think that's the main idea. You have to cover less court, so you, more. Right. Up. So if you're like 70 years old and you don't want to beat up your knees too much more. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that is the one thing about tennis. I mean, you know, we're going to be right back after the break, and we're going to talk some more about what the racket club offers and lots of other things. So. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'll be right back. What is your role in the fight against cancer? The answer could be as simple as driving your car. For many cancer patients, getting to and from treatment is one of their toughest challenges. The American Cancer Society needs volunteer drivers to help provide transportation for people in your community. Through the gift of a lift in your car, you can help patients take one more step in the road to recovery. Get in the driver's seat in the fight against cancer. To find out more, call your American Cancer Society at 1-800-227-2345 or visit cancer.org. Sometimes insurance can be a confusing business. I can't stress enough the importance of having a single professional insurance agent to help make sense of all your personal and business insurance policies. You don't want to get caught without the right coverage. For all your insurance needs, trust Brad Jacobson, your local farmer's insurance agent. Call 891-7900 for a free consultation and a policy review. 891-7900 for Brad Jacobson, your local farmer's insurance agent. Oh, hi. Right now, I'm getting a remarkably heartfelt bear hug from Smokey Bear. Thanks, big guy. Now, if you could let me down. <clears throat> See, I made sure there were no low-hanging branches when I set up my campfire. And before we left, I drowned out my campfire, stirred it, drowned it out again, then made sure it was cold. <clears throat> Visit SmokeyBear.com to learn tips to prevent wildfires. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. I spent a lot of time in the garage, but even more time in the rain and mud. In 95, I helped tow your moving trailer. And in 09, it was sparks from me, your chains, dragging behind your truck that accidentally started a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com, brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'm talking with Kevin Harris, the manager of the Chico Racket Club and Resort. 
There's so much to do out there, they had to call it a resort. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, during the break, we were talking about all the players that have come through there. Oh, the other thing that I didn't mention is you've had the tournaments of the Futures tournaments where those players, one of the guys I just saw on the U.S. Open television last night was a guy named Isner. Yeah, he and played he, at our club. Um, we did uh, this thing called the Futures Tournament. We did that for 11 years, and, and I actually did one of them. Um, th so the Futures is kind of like it'd be the equivalent of like AAA baseball. Right, right underneath the majors kind of thing. Yeah, there, there's like another level called the Challengers, and it's kind of similar to these Futures, but it's a little bigger prize money, a little more ranking points. And then there's the guys – um, that you see on TV, like the U.S. Opens and right. other big tournaments like that. But right. So the Futures is guys up and coming or guys trying to get their ranking points back up. I mean, I think like Agassi even had to play some Futures and Challengers when his ranking dipped really low. So Right, he had to go back to that level. Yeah. And so the, the level of tennis there, isn't Isner the guy who ended up in the record-breaking long match at Wimbledon a few years ago? Yeah. Where he, he was had like the, a nine-hour match. He was in the longest match ever uh, right. with Nicholas Mahout, I think. Oh, I, I don't remember the other guy. <laughs> yeah. I just remember and, uh, Isner was there. It was really long. They just kept playing. They played like 72 games in the fifth set or something. Yeah, yeah. something ridiculous like that. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, now, there's some other players that have gone through <clears throat> the club that have ended up doing quite amazing things tennis-wise. What about Matt Lucena? He was a club member for a long time, right? Yeah, he's a member of the club. Uh, he grew up he there. He still is, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, he still comes out and plays sometimes. Um, but he uh, he won the U.S. Open mixed doubles in uh, 1995, I think it was. Wow. So a U.S. Yeah. Open winner yeah. that trained at the Chico Racket Club. Yeah, that's, that's kind of cool. That is cool. Yeah. And then there's some... Good college players. Your cousin, your cousin Allie, played for Dave. You played for Foothill. Yeah. Your cousin Allie played for Davis, and wasn't she? Davis was Division One when she was there, or did it? Convert? They they transitioned when she was there from D two to D one. Maybe I think she was why they transitioned. She, uh, she helped him definitely. She she played one for him, and she did a she did a great job. Was, and when they say she played one, that means that of the group of the singles players, she was probably the top player. She was the top player. They keep six singles players on the roster, and so she played number one. So wow. when they would go play another school, she would play all the other number ones. Wow. And so she basically learned how to play at the racket club also. Yeah. Yeah, yeah she did. Now, the racket club also has um, – well, my son played at Santa Cruz for four years, Max. Yeah. And Noah Ripner, the other – the former coach there, Yeah, he played – at Santa Cruz. Right. Yeah, Noah used to coach there. And uh, so, yeah, him and both him and Max, they went on to play for Santa Cruz, which is right. a really good tennis school. Right. And then Noah's sister, Bree, <clears throat> ended up being a professional tennis player. Yeah. Bree. She, she grew up at the racket club also. Yeah, she grew Bree up. We're, yeah. we're about the same age. Um, and she grew up out there, too. And she was always just she was the best out there she was really good and she went on to uh i think she got ranked top 30 or 40 in the world at one point wow um, yeah so yeah, she, so there's a lot of quality tennis uh, oh at, and at the club her uh her dad uh rob ripner he still plays out there he played um at stanford and he was uh roscoe tanner's doubles partner <laughs> wow so <laughs> and he's he's still out there he's still out playing. there yeah yeah it's it's an amazing place and the fact that it's all right there, I think you guys are about, what, four acres? Six acres. Six acres, yeah, because yeah. there's a lot. And you also have bocce ball. We have bocce ball. Yeah, we had a, we actually had a big tournament out there uh, a couple months ago, a whole bunch of people out there. Um, Did so. people come from other cities and things to play in this bocce ball? Like, I, I don't know. Probably Reading it and was, stuff um, like that. They, they, you, I think you signed up as a team, and we had – a whole bunch of teams there and like the parking lot was full and there wasn't wow. even tennis players out there wow so what was the big grand prize for the bocce ball winners oh i don't know actually because it was <laughs> it was run by <laughs> i should know but it was run no, by no, I, um, I just think bocce ball is interesting because it's looks like fun i've never played it mm -hmm. yeah. yeah i think a, a different radio station put on the the tournament and so 
I'm not sure what they gave out for first prize, but there was a lot of a lot of people there for that. That's really cool. So, so the business uh, we're we're on business buzz here. The business of running a club, you generally you have membership dues each month for the families, right? Yeah. And then you also have lessons going on all the time. So, if somebody wants to hire a professional that's a USTA professional, they can do that at the racket club. Yeah, you can take uh, private lessons, um, you can do a clinic, um, and then we have the, the cardio tennis classes for the adults and the junior after-school programs for the kids. Right. Um, and then we also do um, the clinics, or not the clinics, I'm sorry, the leagues. So we have leagues for the adults, and then we have uh, tournaments. Um, and we actually have one coming up, the fall open. That'll be on uh, September uh It'll be that last weekend in September. Yeah, I'll give you the exact dates here. It's September, Friday the 29th, Saturday the 30th, and Sunday October 1st um, are the dates of that tournament. So and so, uh, signups are between now and what about the middle of the month or something? I think the 22nd is the deadline. Oh, okay, so there's so. still three weeks. So anyone yeah. who's interested in that, and that covers all the different age brackets, right? There's not. It's not by age. You have to be in high school or older to play. There's okay. different divisions. Uh, I think we're going from three five to open. Oh, um, okay. So you can play. Um, there's men's and women's singles, doubles, and mixed doubles. Um, now, what would you say to somebody who, like I was talking about, the theoretical <laughs> family that might be looking for a place to join? What would you tell someone who has never played tennis before? What What can you offer them? Yeah, I would say uh, definitely come out and we introduce you to the pro. You know, you can take a lesson. You can do the cardio tennis class if you're an adult um, and then the the junior programs if they're a kid. Um, but as far as if, like, if they've never played at all, I think a, a private lesson would be the way to go just to get introduced to it. Right, them. just to start. Yeah. And I can vouch for the fact that I've, I've been a member for a long time. I, I began before uh, Janet... Balbutin became the owner and what I did notice is when I was new and she was new out there there was always an opportunity for her to she would always introduce she still does she introduces people to each other at the right level to get people out playing tennis yeah so if you are a beginner you don't have to worry that you've got nobody to talk to out there because you can end up setting up matches with people at your level and the other thing about tennis players, it's sort of the unwritten code that you play. When someone asks you to play, you play with them, generally. Yeah. You well, don't ever say, no, I don't want to play with that guy because he's not that good. Right. You just don't do that. <laughs> that's a great point about, um, you know, that's the environment we try and uh, present out there is, like, real friendly. And, and it's not like a, like a program we do, per se, but, like, when you join, we – try and go out and find you people to play um, right. at so your you, level and your right. time's available. Right. When someone signs up, they're not on their own out yeah. there looking around. They, they're actually helped yeah, exactly. to find the right people to talk with and to play with. And, uh, yeah, that's something, um, you know, we try and do from a business standpoint, you know, to kind of get people integrated. But it's also just kind of like the environment that is there. And my, that my mom, she was doing that before she even owned the club. She was When she was just a member, she would sit out there – and she would just introduce people as they were walking by. She'd be right. like, hey, do you know him? Why right. don't you guys go play? Or she would um, she would, you know, go out with two other people and say, hey, let's all go hit. And then they would start hitting, and she'd be like, oh, I got to go. You guys hit. Right. <laughs> just to get <laughs> them set get up. Out and, there, yeah. um, that's kind of what we try and do is just get people playing, get them, you know, integrated into the club. Well, it's a real friendly place, and my wife has always said, because we've been members a long time, she would always say that, even if she's not having a great day, if she goes out to the club, there's always friendly people saying hello, and it always picks up her spirits no matter what. Yeah, and, and then there's the social part of it also. You have, like, the Halloween parties and the New Year's parties and things like that. Yeah, we do parties out there um, for the members, um, and we do uh, – we this other fun part we do is the casino night where we have oh, a yeah. professional company uh oh, yeah. casino party people um they come out there and they set up like usually three tables 
uh, what we did last time we did a, a blackjack table, a craps table, and a um, poker probably. Might have been poker, yeah. Yeah. And uh, like the winner, whoever got the most chips, like won a TV or something like that. And it's uh, yeah, the casino nights are fun. Yeah, but I've been the sponsor of those. They're fun. That's right. Yeah. 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 And you usually do some kind of Christmas party too. <clears throat> Yeah, we've done like an ugly sweater party, and uh, those are pretty fun. Yeah, <laughs> I had a lot of fun at the Christmas party. <laughs> yeah, you were gracious enough to let me do the DJing. Yeah, that's right, and I enjoyed that. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, you're yeah. good. You're good DJ. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Harold Littlejohn CPA is also an amateur DJ. If you want an inexpensive answer to your party needs, <laughs> you can call me for that too. But my, the reason I like being a DJ is these days DJing is more like being a performer with all this modern electronic music. But I specialize in my collection of music all the way from, I even have some back to the 50s, but I can go all the way from the 50s to now with real good music. So that's why I got into the DJing uh, idea is yeah. because I love music, I love listening to music, and it's so much fun when when I set it up somewhere like I've set up out at the club, and I have people coming up to me saying, I really like those songs you played. Uh-huh. It makes me feel good because I think I know what people like, but they just don't hear it often enough. I think that's a, the key. I mean, I'm not a DJ or anything, but that's, you know, in my opinion, that's the key is knowing the crowd and, like, knowing what they want to hear. And uh, if you have the songs for it, then, right. yeah. And and I'll, I even had a wedding job came out of that. Oh, that's right. Because yeah. the man came up and said, we really like that music. We want you to do our wedding reception. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it's uh, – and I'm not doing it really professionally. Like I say, uh, I, I just do it for fun, but it's really a kick. But it's been nice to be able to do it at the Racket Club because the Racket Club is just – it's just a real fun environment. I think any family out there looking for something to um, – you know, add to your repertoire of things you can do on the weekend. You really should check out the Chico Racket Club and go visit. So we'll be right back after this break talking with Kevin Harris. See you in a minute. It seems like every day I'm asked about vitamin D in the sun. The main question being, how much sunlight do I need to expose myself to get an adequate level of vitamin D? So my answer is simply, use your head. Five or ten minutes in the sun is more than sufficient to create enough vitamin D to maintain good health. Maybe staying out in the sun all afternoon to get your vitamin D isn't the smartest thing in the world. It might not be a bad idea to talk to your primary care provider about getting a test to see how much vitamin D you have circulating in your body. That could tell them whether or not you might need supplementation orally, which is the American Academy of Dermatology's recommended way to supplement vitamin D. So while the professionals work out exactly how much vitamin D we need in our system, use common sense, protect if you need to, and consult your primary care physician if you think you might be deficient in vitamin D. I'm Dr. Paul Sabin, and that's the skin you're in. If you have skin care questions, make an appointment today with Dr. Paul Sabin of North Valley Dermatology. Call Dr. Paul Sabin today at 342-3686. Again, that's 342-3686. Hi, I found a toy dinosaur over on the playground by Smith Street. Uh, It had this phone number on it, and, well, I just wanted to make sure the dinosaur made it back to its little owner. When I found the little sippy cup, I just had to give you a call. It's for a kid, you know? I know my son gets super attached to the smallest things, even a fire truck, and I'd be happy to drop it off. We'd do anything for kids, yet one in six children in the U.S. struggle with hunger. Help end childhood hunger near you. Learn how at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. back to Business Buzz. Harold Littlejohn here with Kevin Harris, manager of the Chico Racquet Club and Resort. There's a couple of young players that have been, I've known them because I've seen them playing in the tournaments, and they're having some success now that they're heading, one's in college, one's heading to college. Tell us about those two players. Yeah, uh, Donald and Chelsea Hall. They're um they're actually a brother and a sister. Brother and sister, and they're um the kids of Jake Hall, who's our 
head tennis pro there. At the oh, club. okay. So the tennis pro's children are both out there playing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, so Donald, he's, I think it's his second year now. He's playing for um, Sac State. Oh, uh, which that's is a, a Division One school. Yeah. So he's playing Division One tennis. And uh, Chelsea is about to go to uh, to play for UC Davis. Wow. And they're also Division One. Yeah. So so there's some quality tennis out there. But, you know, the, like I was saying before, that any level can have fun and can join the leagues and play. And um, any age, actually. We have, uh, you know, we have a couple members out there uh, that have been out there um, from the beginning. Um, one of them, his name is uh, Everett Riggle. Right. And I think he's in the 85 division, and he, he plays, travels and plays tournaments. Right. Uh, but I see him out there all the time, and he just runs around like he's about 25 years old. I mean, it's, right. it's pretty amazing. Right. Um, and don't forget Bill McDermott. Bill McDermott, uh, yeah, he plays in the 85s also, and he's been uh, just playing forever. So, And he was, I believe he was nationally ranked in the 85 division or Maybe yeah, the 80 I think division. so. Yeah, I know he was like top two or three, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's really a, an interesting mix. What I've found to be fun is that the men who play doubles <laughs> in the morning, the level is about right for me because I'm not a top level. I I reached like a three five level in my um, tournament, my league days. But the guys in the morning, you can go out and play. You can almost play any day. Yeah, you, you they can, they play every every they're weekday. They're weekday morning. Um, we have a, a lot of courts going, um, and it's yeah, it's a mixed group. It's a lot of seniors that play in the mornings, and um, they're yeah, they're really consistent. They're out there right every day. And then you have an afternoon group still of middle aged, kind of retired aged men that yeah. sit around and drink some beer now and then. Yeah, we <laughs> call we we call them the nooners. They. <laughs> They come out there right around noon, and uh, it's nothing like set up or anything. It's just, they just show up, and whoever's out there, they organize it and play. Right. And they drink some beers and hang out. And um, yeah, it's been a it's a good crew. They're out, they've been out there a long time. Right. So a lot of the members have been there since the '70s. I know I've started in the 1980s myself, and I saw the transition when your mother bought the place, and I just remember how. It just became a lot more friendly. The, the other owners were fine, but I didn't know them that well. But it just became a real friendly atmosphere when your mom took over, the, the way she does that out there. She, she makes sure everybody's having a good time and meeting people, makes it very easy to join. You don't feel like you're a new member and you feel like you're you know, alone out there at all. Yeah, no, thanks. Thanks for saying that. Yeah, she... Um like I mentioned before, she was kind of doing that before she even owned the club. When she was just a member, she would just hang out there in front of the clubhouse and people would come in and she'd just start introducing them to each other. Like, Hey, <laughs> Bill, have you met Joe? Uh, you guys should go play. And, yeah. Um, so yeah. And that's kind of what we, that's the atmosphere we want to have there is just, it's a real, uh, laid back and real social club. Um, one thing we do kind of differently from other clubs that I think helps promote that also is like our, our sign-up board for the courts. Um, a lot of tennis clubs, they you do court reservations. So you call in and say, hey, I'd like a court at 11 a.m. for an hour. And so you go there with your the person you're going to play with, you play, and then you leave. Uh, at our club, the sign-up board is first come, first serve. So you can't call in a reserve. You have to go and show up, and you sign up for an open court. But uh, what we've found that happens is a lot of people just will show up at certain times and pick up games with other people right um, because, because they're out there instead yeah. of right instead of having to feel like they have to reserve something and and have a court reserved they can just go out there and sign up and see what's happening yeah exactly that certain times of the day uh you know groups know that they're going to be out there and so they just show up and whoever's out there they just start playing and right. then they mix each other in and then they a lot of times they hang out afterwards and go up to the cafe and have a beer after. and um, Yeah, so it's a real social like hangout vibe. It's kind of another advantage of being in a town like Chico as opposed to a large metropolitan area. Yeah. If you're down so. in San Francisco or Berkeley or somewhere, 
you probably feel like you probably have to call in and reserve it because you can't afford to drive a half hour and fight the traffic. Yeah. And then find out the courts are full or something like exactly, that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And they, a lot of them, a lot of the other clubs uh, in that, in those type of areas, like charge for court time. Um, and in addition to the dues, in addition to the paying. dues. And so, like, yeah, you really have to have your time all set up. I mean, you just go play and then you're done. But um, yeah, here's like, a like lot you're more. on a meter, like a taxi. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. So, once a family joins and you have single memberships and family memberships, we have single couple and family memberships. Okay. And do the couples have to be legally married? They're, yeah. Careful. I'm, yeah. <laughs> it's, <days>. uh, <laughs> yeah, you got to be careful. <laughs> right. But it's like in a, in a relationship thing, and it's, in a, it's within the um, residence. So as long right, as they're right. the same if residence. Right, right. they live together. Yeah. Right. It's, it's kind of like, right. The, there's all the, we're not going to get in any legal yeah. rules about <laughs> it. I was just thinking right. about that when you said that. Yeah, yeah. It's like these days, if you say anything, even asking whether somebody's married, you can get into a big legal trouble. It's like, how dare you ask that? <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, we just have our forms, our uh, applications, all that. I show it to the lawyers. They say, yeah, you're not going to get sued for this. Right. And you're then we okay have everyone on that. fill yeah, it out. Well, you so. covered your bases. Yeah, exactly. So once the family or the individual or the couple is a member, they go out and play tennis. They, they don't pay unless they want to sign up for a particular league or tournament. Yeah. Your dues cover all of the tennis you can play out there when you go out to play. Yeah, you pay your monthly dues um, at the be- beginning of the month, and then um, everything else, just to be out there to play, to do whatever, uh, yeah, you get to and use the, the gym. You the use, gym. use all the facilities, the volleyball courts. Yeah, the pool, yeah, the cafe. Everything. You can just right. come and go as much as you want. Um, so, And the only extra fees are if you're taking lessons or – right. Stuff like that. Right. Buying food. Yeah. Well, I know my son, like you were saying about you, he basically grew up there. And it was such a healthy atmosphere. We just felt good about him being able to walk over there after school. And we could pick him up later after he did his tennis. And uh, just a real family atmosphere with lots of nice people. It's a real good setup as far as just a real wholesome way to spend some time with the family and get your exercise to boot. My main thing now is as I get older, I've got to keep exercising and there's always an excuse not to go out and, and do exercise. But if you get involved in a game like tennis, it turns exercise into fun. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Like, like for me personally, I hate (laughs) like running, running on the treadmill or something like that. Uh, But I get my, cardio like from playing a lot of tennis or basketball or other stuff like that and for me that's it's fun so it doesn't feel like work and, right um, yeah i think you can get a, a great workout from tennis for sure and you play quite a bit of bit of volleyball yourself yeah i play uh some sand volleyball out there and then i play on an indoor team and then i play some uh grass tournaments once in a while too wow now the racket club also has indoor Racquetball courts, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So racquetball we players have, um, can use that. Yeah, we have a racquetball court, and uh, we also have a, a squash court. We converted one of the racquetball courts into a squash court um, a and few what's years the, ago. What's the difference? The markings or the size or so something? So it's a little smaller court, um, and you use a different ball. This, you use this ball. It doesn't bounce very well, and then you use, like, a racket that's – Kind of, it's really different from racquetball racket, so oh. it's it's almost like a like a hybrid between racquetball and tennis. Hmm. Do you still bounce it off the wall? Yeah, you hmm. bounce it off the wall. I've heard of squash. Is that like a? That's not like an Olympic game, is it? I'm not sure. It, it might be. be. Um, could, I mean, it's like old. Yeah. Isn't it from it's like been, England? Or I think it's something? been around a while. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So you have a racquetball and a squash court. Yeah. Wow. And a bocce ball. And bocce ball. Yeah. And. You have a dartboard? <laughs> <laughs> we used to. I, we, I don't think we currently. I thought do, I remembered but, one, but I, yeah, we used to have one in the cafe. Right. But, but, but you know, with little kids and darts, is not. It's not always a great combination. Little kids, or you know, people drinking a lot of alcohol, could <laughs> <laughs> be a bad combo. <laughs> and the other thing is the food at the racket club. If someone wanted to come by as a guest just to talk about membership. 
They yeah. could also go up and, and buy a burger and try it, right? Yeah, if somebody's coming out to check out the club, uh, they can go upstairs and get a meal. Um, and, you know, we have the food's real good is what I was trying to say. I've, uh, it's still the best French fries in town. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, they are really good. It's good hamburgers, hot dogs, French fries, that kind of stuff. And right. It's, uh, yeah, it's good food. Right. And not a bad beer selection either, I'll, I'll add. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> so, so the future of the Racket Club, uh, you've been the manager for quite a few years now. Is that? Yeah, I think uh, almost six years now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. it's been a Time flies. <laughs> yeah. So basically, uh, now, tennis, when I was younger, when I was in college, tennis was a big deal. That was in like the late 70s. And everybody was playing tennis, and all the apartment complexes had courts. And then it seems like it kind of waned in the, what, the 90s maybe? But doesn't it seem like it's coming back a little bit as far as just generally? What do you, what do you see in that trend? I think so, yeah. It seems to be doing well. Um, I know internationally it's, it, it's huge. Um, it's right. really it's big other countries in, are in Europe. Right. Um, and uh it's it's big here though too, and right now we have the the U.S. Open going on, which is right. kind of cool. Um, so yeah, I think it, it's coming back. Yeah, because there's, I noticed the United States player took Federer to five sets in the opening round of the U.S. Open the other night. Oh yeah, yeah uh, that, Tiafo? I can't remember his name. Yeah, Tiafo. Tiafo. Like that. Yeah, I, I was watching him uh, play. Uh, a world team tennis match uh, like a couple of weeks ago, I think. And he looked like he has a lot of power. He, yeah, he's a power guy. Yeah, and so. it's really fun to see some United States players get up into that top group, like Isner. Yeah, uh, Isner's been... That, he's up there, but there aren't that many Americans right now that are making it to the top. Like, we got Murray's from England. Djokovic is from Bosnia? Croatia. Croatia. Uh, Federer's from Switzerland, yeah. Nadal's from Spain. Uh huh. Those are the top four that have won ninety percent of all the majors lately, I think. Yeah, yeah. So those four guys. I mean, there's no Americans in that group. The yeah. last one to win might have been Roddick or Agassi. Yeah. Roddick or no? Yeah, I think Roddick was the last one. Those two in, was uh, the last American to win a major. Yeah, yeah. Roddick had that really good year when he he won the U.S. Open and he got ranked number one and. Um, I think that was '03, um, so it, it's been a while since right. uh, an American has really right. dominated. So we need everybody to get out there and bring their youngsters out to the racket club, so we can bring back some USA top players to Wimbledon and the majors. Yeah, that'd be. I mean, who knows? Maybe the next great players right right here in Could our backyard be there right now. <laughs> yeah. Could be listening right now. <laughs> yeah. Could be in the crib listening. <laughs> you just never know. Yeah. But, uh, no, it's just a, it's really fun that you were able to come out and fill us in on all that because it's a, it's like a gem that we have right here in Chico. And unless people, you know, are aware of it, they might not hear about it. But anybody with young children, you want to get them going. I think there's been quite a few families that I've seen at the <coughs> club over the years and, they end up getting scholarships, especially for the girl, the female players, maybe more. They end up getting scholarships to college. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of scholarships available in tennis. Um, and so if you go around and you, you play the junior tournaments and you get a ranking, um, you know, there's a good chance you can get a college scholarship, which is it's really – that's obviously helps financially. So Yeah, these days – the whole thing about college is it's very expensive and everybody you know plans on hoping their kids can get to college but it's not that easy so anyway check out what's that phone number for the racket club it's uh 895-1881 call the racket club 895-1881 go out be a guest check it out it's a great place i'm harold littlejohn cpa i'll see you on business buzz next time bye-bye KKXX, Paradise, K280GL, Chico, and K283AR, Chico, Yuba City, Marysville. Liftoff. Astronaut Bob the Drop here. There's been a lot of talk about water.
have found on Mars. Why would you go all the way to Mars for water when we have the best tasting water at Mount Shasta? It comes from our protected springs and is delivered right to your door. Great landing, Bob. Hey, where are you going with that? Those Martians are stealing my water. Guess we have some new customers. And anyone can get Mount Shasta spring water if they call us at 1-800-922-6227. Pure and simple, naturally the best Mount Shasta spring water. Chico Mobile AC Radiator and Auto Repair says, This coming fall season, please remember to drive with the three C's of safety. Caution, courtesy, and common sense. Please practice safe and sober driving at all times. Don't be responsible for an accident. This message is compliments of Bob at Chico Mobile AC Radiator and Auto Repair. They're specialists in auto electric system problems, including repairs and installation of alternators, generators, starters, electric windows, and locks. Chico Mobile AC Radiator and Auto Repair at 151 East Park Avenue, 